0: Welcome to Self-Security Chat Chat, episode 243 for the 24th of June, 2016. I'm Chester Wisniewski, here with Paul Ducklin.
1: Hello, Chester. Uh, you just had a well-earned vacation, didn't you, after your uh, world travels?
0: Yeah, it was, it was a little difficult getting back in the, uh, back in the saddle this week. I, I was listening to the podcast last week. It sounds like you had a pretty good uh, uh, adventure in Brussels.
1: Yes, I did. It was great fun. It was nice that they were able to run the conference after it had to be cancelled for very tragic reasons in March, and it was good to see a great turnout. But uh, as they say, time stops for no security researcher.
0: Well, and one of the things uh, we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast in the past that uh, is related to a story uh, here, there's uh, about the Tor project. Of course, Tor is the the onion router, the way that people, uh, I guess, access the dark web, sometimes people call it. And uh, one of the more important things that we've seen, certainly in, in mobile applications, is is mitigations, right? We've seen uh, the, the lack of mitigation in some versions of Android cause panic around certain flaws that we've seen in the past, like stage fright and this type of thing. And it looks like the Tor project is sort of innovating a new mitigation called self-rando.
1: Where's self-rando is the first thing I thought. Quite a fun <laughs> name.
0: Well, yeah, the name's not terribly descriptive, is it? Perhaps you can kind of describe briefly. I mean, in the past, we've talked about things like DEP and ASLR, and this is sort of like the next logical step in that progression, right?
1: Yes, I think self-rando, it's one of those names that once you know what it means, it makes sense, (laughs) if that makes sense. And the idea is that the guys were looking, obviously, they were looking at the idea of standard address space layout randomization, ASLR. So what the tool guys figured is let's take that a step further and let's actually randomize the entire program every time it loads. So what they did is they divide the program into the machine code functions that it contains then at load time they basically shuffle the pack. You get everything in a completely different location in memory, you get a lot more possible permutations, a lot more potential for randomization the randomization happens more frequently. And in theory, that makes things like return-oriented programming, where you have to guess or know some addresses in memory, very, very much harder.
0: Oh, absolutely. And and I think uh, I rarely reboot my laptop anymore, whether I'm running OS 10 or Linux or Windows, it doesn't really matter. The truth is, you know, I get up, I fold it, it closes, it sleeps, it hibernates, it, uh, you know, the reboot thing isn't all that frequent. So I guess making it just that much more unpredictable is a really good uh, good approach to helping you know confuse the guys trying to build all these uh, rop gadgets, as they're known.
1: And the good news is that you know they developed this because they felt passionately that Tor should be exploit resistant for fairly obvious reasons. But they've also tried building Bash, the OS ten and, and Linux Unix command shell, with it. Uh, with great success apparently, Google Chromium just to prove they could do it with a different browser and also the NGINX web server. So it's a great paper well worth reading actually because it's clearly written but it has a great bibliography so it's a great reminder of that old adage about security being a journey not a destination
0: absolutely and 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 maybe going forward we'll start to see this getting uh standardized and integrated the way we have with things like ASLR you know where it's available on our mobile phones it's available you know on our desktop operating systems it's sort of kind of a standard thing now in fact it's uh you know companies get shamed when they they build a binary for windows and it doesn't support ASLR so i and and Maybe maybe we can go a little more quickly down the path this time, because I think it took quite a long time for the concepts of DEP and ASLR to really be adapted, uh, adopted uh, by everyone. And maybe this time we can accelerate that a bit with self-rando.
1: Yes, and you're right, because with ASLR, of course, there's always that problem, if you like, that one rotten apple spoils the barrel. And if the crooks could find that there was an optional DLL that they could force something like Internet Explorer or Word or whatever to load that wasn't normally there, so you wouldn't regularly notice, but they could do some particular innocent-looking operation that required that DLL to be loaded, it wasn't randomized, then you might as well not have had ASLR in the first place.
0: And sadly, along the lines of innovation, there's uh, seemingly no end to the innovation of ways that people are are introducing ransomware onto our computers and variations of ransomware and- I mean, you and I have both talked about, you know, all the way back to 1989, but I mean, even even in the concept of how it works, where we used to see these, uh, you know, police screen lockers, and then we've moved into more modern ransomware that's taking advantage of uh, RSA and AES cryptography and this type of thing. And now now there's one called Ra. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Somewhere between
1: a pirate and a sheep.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: That's RAA, of course. I don't know what it stands for, if anything. It is the name given in in the ransomware. And yes, what's a little bit different to other ransomware we've seen is that not only does it use JavaScript as a vehicle for introducing itself, the entire ransomware is written in JavaScript. There are various JavaScript crypto libraries that you can download. They're using, I think, Crypto.js
0: which is one that comes, if I'm not wrong, from the node project. Now, uh, JavaScript seems like it would be uh, maybe more difficult for people to block as well. I mean, we're used to saying that, hey, we don't want to allow .exe attachments or .com attachments, this kind of thing. But I mean, JavaScript, really, when we're looking at processing it, it's just text, right?
1: Yes. And as we've mentioned before, firstly, Windows suppresses the extension, so you don't see that it's .js. It could look like a text file. And you've got that rather tired old icon that Windows insists on using which looks like a piece of paper. The average user would be forgiven for receiving a javascript file in an email looking at it and thinking well it says it's a text file it's got an icon that looks like a piece of paper uh, i would be forgiven for opening it and of course .js is effectively has all the power outside your browser of a .exe from a kind of functionality point of view, they're effectively indistinguishable
0: and equally dangerous well and and we've seen malware written in just about every type of language you can imagine at this point I mean everything from the JavaScript and the Windows scripting host, of course, your traditional C and c plus plus and c sharp and uh you know we used to talk about Brazilian banking Trojans being written in Delphi, of all things. So I guess uh, if it's possible to execute the code uh, programmatically or if it's uh, anywhere near Turing complete, then I guess they're going to write malware in it. So moving along to uh, Apple, which uh, they're getting the reputation of being more and more crypto-savvy, I'll call it, especially after the world, uh, you know, watched with bated breath as they uh, traded Jabs with the FBI over the, uh, the encrypted iPhone that belonged to the the terrorists in San Bernardino. Hash no backdoors. <laughs> yeah, hash no backdoors. And 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 you know, Apple uh, of course announced iOS 10 at the Worldwide Developer Conference just uh, a short time ago. And the the betas, I guess, or the test builds to the registered developers have rolled out, and there was a little bit of a a lack of crypto surprise, I think, for a lot of people that uh, the, the the kernel was was uh, delivered in a way that it could be could be looked at without uh, encryption or obfuscation. And w- why would Apple do that?
1: Well, of course, everyone loves a good conspiracy theory. Now, my understanding is that when Apple ships firmware blobs that have the kernel a kernel image in them, what they call the kernel cache. Normally, they're encrypted using an AES key that is essentially burned into the processor in your device. The idea of obfuscating or making your code hard to analyze, it's not just something that malware authors do by scrambling their stuff to make it hard to find out what's going on or to disguise URLs. PHP coders on the web do it, with packers like IonCube, which make your PHP just look like binary blobby garbage, Google actively encourages Android developers to use a tool it provides called ProGuard. So I guess the fact that Apple now, after it's after its biffo with the FBI, suddenly for the first time has this unencrypted kernel blob, you know, do they want to sort of quietly encourage a little bit of looking? Or did they make a terrible QA blunder?
0: Yeah, there, there's there's never an end to the conspiracy theories. Uh, but while we're speaking of Apple, there's some other stuff they've done that uh, is really, I think, important moving forward, which is uh, kind of announcing that HTTPS is going to be a requirement for apps on iOS, and that not only is it a requirement, but it should be done correctly, and they're going to make it as easy as possible to do it correctly. And uh, they kind of dropped the, the gauntlet saying it needs to be done by the end of the year. Yes, strong move. I like it. Deadlines are usually anathema to to developers, but I I like the idea of deadlines because at some point we have to stop doing things poorly, and if somebody doesn't force us to, we might never do it. And Apple's got the power to do it, I suppose.
1: What they did with iOS nine and OS ten dot eleven, I believe, they introduced a new version of their Secure Transport API. You know, the the programming library that when you call it lets you do secure HTTP connections. They introduced a new version called ATS app transport security and the idea is that that if you use this ATS API correctly in its default without any exceptions then not only do you get TLS 1.2 connections you also must be connecting to a server with a trusted certificate and the trust is validated it must be a sort of TLS connection that supports forward secrecy it must be RSA 2048 bit or elliptic curve 256 at the least and SHA2 or better for the digital signature checksums. And my understanding is, as you say, from January, there won't be any exceptions allowed either if you want your app to be in the app store. And that means that your app will not only secure the connections, but also do the authentication, and no more excuses for not having HTTPS certificates on your server. (laughs) In two words, let's encrypt.
0: Well, yeah, I was just going to say, I, you know, at home, I've uh, modified all of my services to use HTTPS now that Let's Encrypt has launched, which it came out of beta in uh, April. And precisely that, right? I went and looked at it. I'm like, there's no excuse for me. Like uh, when I had to pay $400 a year for a certificate, I was using it just for my email and, and my primary web server. I intentionally didn't use it for anything else because I didn't want to buy more certificates and domain names and all this kind of stuff. But with Let's Encrypt, there aren't really any excuses anymore. And I, I like the idea that Apple's making the uh, app side of it kind of automatically correct if you use this API, because that's the part as well that we've seen just misimplemented so many times. Uh, I head up the local security group here in Vancouver and we had some students from the University of British Columbia present to us last month. And one of the student projects was looking at the security of online mobile management apps available from all the Canadian phone carriers. And uh, you know, again, either no HTTPS being used at all on some of these apps, but the ones that did use HTTPS were not validating the certificates correctly, etc., which made it trivial to uh, to manipulate or bypass the controls present in those applications. So Doing this right, even when it's from a big company, is not the the standard. And Apple trying to make it the standard is, uh, you know, hopefully maybe Google will get jealous.
1: Yes, it's, it's kind of an interesting approach, isn't it? You say, well, traditionally the problem has been that programmers have to go and they have to learn this new API and there are some extra functions. They have to go and change some parameters to make sure they're using the right cipher and that they disallow the ones that aren't supposed to be there and make sure they're not using SHA-1. It's sort of as though Apple has said, OK, if you just write plain old vanilla I want to do TLS connection code, you'll get it right. And if you want to do it wrongly, then you have to jump through hoops and we can tell. It means there is there is a loophole, say, for in-house apps if you absolutely really need it. But it's sort of like when you decide that that lathe still needs Windows XP that you go and do that as a very, very special case in its old own little walled garden in the corner. Just make it so that it works. And then if people want to live in the past, then it's kind of more difficult than doing the right thing. I like that approach.
0: Yeah, it, it gives me my, my Patrick Stewart moment when I can just sit here in the captain's chair and say, make it so. <laughs> and on that note, I will conclude Sofa Security chat Chat 243. As always, for our latest podcasts, you can get them on our RSS feed. You can get them over at iTunes. You can get them on the TuneIn app or over at soundcloud.com slash For the latest security news, don't forget to visit nakedsecurity.sophasecurity.com. And for the, the best free antivirus on the planet, you can go to Home.Sofus.com. And until next time, stay secure.